Thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Also, today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. On today's episode, oh my goodness, Ohio State just scored another touchdown. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. <sighs> yeah, good uh, good, good morning, State fans. Good afternoon. Uh, good evening. Good whenever you are listening to this podcast. And I, quite honestly, thank you very much for listening uh, to the Locked On Spartans podcast. Yes, this is not as fun as one of our nine Victory Monday episodes, but th- this is going to be an episode worth uh, talking about, worth uh, listening to, I hope, because there's a lot that happened uh, on Saturday's game. None of it good, unless you're talking about Bryce Berenger. Uh, yes, however, hey, that's right, basketball team, you, they, they won that same Saturday, so all right, we'll, we'll touch on them in the third segment, but yeah. Segments one and two are going to be about the, that little game that took place Saturday in Columbus, Ohio. Um, this is the Locked on Spartans podcast. Uh, if this is the first episode you've listened to, God bless you. You are a masochist, or you're just a fan of a rival team. Either way, hey, th- thanks for listening, regardless. Uh, we do this five days a week here on the Locked on Podcast Network, Monday through Friday. If you ever want to reach out, get some things off your chest, some questions, some concerns, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. And without further ado, I'm just going to politely ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast once again. Yeah, baby, you're listening to Locked On Spartans. I'm your host, Matt Sheehan, and uh, let me hold your hand through uh, <laughs> breaking down Saturday's game. And you know what? We're actually going to start on an odd note here. We're, we're going to start not like on the, 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 the two... Heart of negatives, I guess. I don't know. Here, this is what I kind of mean. Every facet of life just kind of has moments that are great and bad. And eventually in life, you, you reach your worst blank. You know, like, oh, this is the worst meal I've had. Or that's the worst movie I've seen. Or if you want to get even worse, like, this is the worst day I've had in my life. I, I can take some solace in the fact that that was probably the worst MSU football game that we will ever see. Um, it was an unholy beatdown. It was 56-7. to And quite frankly, it wasn't even that close of a game. Ohio State, if they really wanted to, could have probably scored 90 points on us on Saturday. It will not get worse than that ever. So as I'm watching this incredible beatdown of a 9-1 Michigan State team that's ranked top 10. I found peace because I was like, you know what? This is going to be the worst game I'll ever see in my entire life, and it's all over. We're all going to survive. It was not good. Uh, MSU got absolutely put in a, a casket by Ohio State. Uh, right next to that casket is probably Kenneth Walker's Heisman Dreams, and the secondary was so you know gracious to uh, just pass the baton from Kenneth Walker right to C.J. Stroud as he walked into halftime with, what, six touchdowns? Yeah, six touchdowns, uh, three incompletions. Cool. Uh, that was effortless. And I, listen, I don't want to sound like Mr. Know-it-all, but after the first drive, <laughs> I could have turned the TV off after that. I knew precisely what was going to happen the rest of the day because, um, you know what, Let, let's start justifying it. And sure, this can come off as like excuses, but I really think that you know there's some validity behind what I'm about to say. 
is, yeah, MSU is dealing with injury issues. You know, they're starting left tackle. Gone. Quaveras Crouch, very hurt. Jalen Naylor, he was out. Matt Carrick, he's out. Uh, your kicker um, is hurt. We're, I'm not even going to talk about that field goal attempt down 21-0 anyway. Um, yeah, so injuries play a role here. Uh, also, guys, this is still a rebuild. Yes, it is year two of a rebuild. I mean, it's, yeah, it is what it is. I know this has been an incredible year. 9-2 and two is further than any of us ever thought that this team would go. But, yeah, th that was a nice little reminder that, yeah, okay, we still got some work to do here in East Lansing. And also, like, I still think Michigan State is a good team. I, I still think they are one of the top 15 teams in the nation. And that might sound completely Looney Tunes to say after uh, watching them lose by 900 points on Saturday. But here is what the crux of it came down to is that the, the past game matchup was abysmal. Our past defense has been bad and then have gotten worse. And then way worse. And Ohio State's going to have probably three guys catch uh, a 1,000 receiving yards this year. Now with this said, okay, now we're going to change on a dime right here. Wasn't that all fun? We got to gussy up that loss a little bit. We're going downhill from here because uh, that was embarrassing. Whoa, boy. Whoa, whoa. Okay, so let's actually double back here to the it's still a rebuild phase. This was maybe why I'm still taking the loss a little hard as I'm recording on Sunday night because... Hey, the last thing I said maybe uh, before we headed into the weekend was this game will be a nice barometer just to see where Michigan State is at. Yes, last season they lost to Rutgers. Like, they were at the bottom of the barrel in the Big Ten. How do you eat an elephant? You do it one bite at a time. How do you get to the top of the Big Ten? You got to jump one tier at a time. You work your way out of the basement. Okay, now you're uh, superior to like the, the middle tier right now. You're right on the cusp of the Michigan and Penn State tier. If not, you're already there. The Michigan game says you're already there. How far away are we from the Ohio State tier? The, the one-team Ohio State tier. Pretty bleeping far. And that was a gut punch. That was a gut punch. Um... Because, uh, and you know what, Mel said it himself after the game, it, it is all about recruiting. And uh, someone reached out to me, uh, lockhouspartonsgmail.com, thank you very much, and they said, uh, what do you think about Mel and those comments? Do you think he kind of threw his players under the bus? I, well, sure, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way, but like that's just fact of the matter. Like <laughs> Recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. Mel knows that. He knows that from his time in the SEC. He knows it even more so after Saturday's game. Uh, yeah, it's absolutely 100% necessary. And, like, I remember Coach Orgeron did this at LSU after, like, his second year. Like, he just went to the podium and said straight up, I got to recruit better. What happened two years later, but he fielded the greatest college football team of all time. I mean, yeah, recruiting is a big component here. Now, now, okay, uh, another thing to worry about. That was a massive gap. How do you convince recruits to join a team that was, on scoreboard, less competitive in their game than Tulsa was against Ohio State. Less competitive in their game than Nebraska was against Ohio State. I can go on and on. This was the most uncompetitive game Ohio State has played this year. And now you got to go to recruits and be like, hey, join our team. We're not really that far off. Oh, boy, I don't know. 56-7. to you, you better be one hell of a spin zone master to do that. But, hey, you know what? That's why. $9.5 million a year is on the table for Mel Tucker to get those kind of recruits to make those kind of turns. Yes, uh, that was tough. And also, I want to go back to the pass game here. And I say it 
like you know, oh, it's just a like a matter of fact. Like, oh yeah, the the pass defense is bad. Like it's it's inexcusable. It's horrible. And one of my favorite things after the game um, was when Mel Tucker talked about uh, we're going to take accountability here. Uh, no one's going to point fingers at anyone, which is great. Like that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I love the coach with accountability, but I can't also not find it very funny that it had to be said that we can't point fingers. Yet you lost by 800 points and the game was over within 10 minutes of game time. Who in the right mind is going to be pointing fingers? That's on everyone. And so that leads me to the, the passing game point here. The passing defense. It's on everyone, right? Like, it's on the players. It's on the coaches. Like, it, it has been just atrocious all year. And it, it wasn't even competitive. CJ Stroud, you, you would have thought there was five guys on defense, by the way, he was carving you up. Listen, and I'm not going to spend time here just ragging the players, you know, because you have eyes, I'd imagine, and if you're, you know, if if you don't, uh, I apologize for assuming, Um, but you can probably draw conclusions as to who's a good player and who's not on that defense, specifically that secondary. Um, So this is where perhaps the coaching staff needs to wear some of this blame big time, a lot of it. We give a lot of credit to the staff for finding Kenneth Walker in the portal. No doubt about it. Jarrett Horst in the portal. Uh, Drew Jordan in the portal. You know, the list goes on and on about good transfers. Oh, boy, I think we uh, might might want to keep that same energy, too, perhaps, with uh, guys that they got in the portal that have starting roles that have not panned out that well. Again, I don't want to name names because you already know the names. You already know the names, and if you don't know the name, we'll watch the Penn State game this Saturday and uh, figure out who Jahan Dotson is going to get 300 yards against if he's matched up with in coverage. God, I'm not, okay, anyway. Um, yeah, it's, listen, it, it is baffling that it has not even gotten a little better. It was so, so easy. My friend that I was watching the game with actually had a great quip. There was so much cushion in the pass game that he looks at me and he says, I-, I can't even tell if they're playing man or zone. Like, our cornerbacks aren't even in the camera frame for some of these completions. What's going on with the coaching? Is it Some of it's got to be the scheme. Like I said, no one's going to point fingers because everyone gets a share of the blame here. I get that you don't have the best talent in the world. But, wow, something's got to give here, man. You, so, like, oh, my goodness gracious. Like, that, that was really, really bad. And the worst part is it's been really, really bad for quite some time. I know you want to rely on Ben don't break, but mm-mm, no, 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 you, you ain't doing that against Ohio State, so, and we caught that. Oh, and also, by the way, offense, you're not off the hook. Uh, we'll get to you in a hot segment. First, need to talk to you fine folks about prize picks. That's right, baby. The leader in college sports, Daily Fantasy. Hope you loaded up on this one and got CJ Stroud props uh, over the weekend for prize picks. So, how do you play prize picks, guys? Well, all right, you go to the App Store, you go to Google Play, you download the award-winning app, and from there... You deposit. That's right, but you don't deposit without using promo code locked on. That's right, locked on. It's all one word, and you'll get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. So from there, you pick two to five players, pick an over under on their projected stats like, oh God, passing yards, touchdowns thrown, uh, tears had by me. I, that was probably on there. Regardless, you're not going up against anyone else's team. It's just you against the numbers, and you can end up to 10 times on any entry. Picks can be made in 60 seconds or less. And best of all, guys, prize picks offer safe and fast withdrawals. So do not hesitate. 
Check out prizepicks.com and take the over for Penn State's quarterback, passing yards, totals, touchdowns, anything you want. And use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, guys, before going any further, I just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Locked On Podcast Network. And if you have been a, a listener of the Locked On Podcast Network, thank you very much. And also, um, you, you know that shows are, are usually a little more happy than this, but I, oh boy. Uh, yeah, tough to, tough to put on my Mr. Rogers face and, and whistle show tunes here uh, after that one. So, listen, hey, defense, absolutely uh, just <laughs> awful. Uh, blitzes never got home. The, the coverage, I swear, it was just two scarecrows, the popcorn vendor, and a plank of wood with a smiley face on it. Uh, but, hey, you know what? You know who else didn't hold up their end of the bargain either at all? At all? The offense. Let's talk about the offense. Um, hey, I'm as high on Peyton Thorne as you'll ever find out there. Uh, I think he's great. I think he's a solid quarterback. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that I've, um, you know, sang his praises all throughout the season. But, oh, my goodness gracious, that was not good. That was really bad. That was not good. That was th- – <laughs> oh, we'll get to him later. But uh, first, got to talk about the elephant in the room here as far as the offense goes. And that is that, yeah, you know what? The the worst-case scenario happened. Uh, and by worst-case scenario, uh, you know, I figured out he was going to lose this game. But the worst case was that C.J. Stroud was going to light the world on fire. And in return, Kenneth Walker was not going to have anything going. He did not at all. Six carries, 25 yards, uh, and probably the execution of his Heisman campaign unless he goes absolutely berserk against Penn State this weekend. And talking about his performance is quite the conundrum because it's very clear, and it was also said after the game, that he's a little banged up. One can infer it was from last week's game against Maryland where he twisted his ankle. And yeah, so he was on a limited pitch count. And here's the, the Kenneth conundrum, though, um, because it was clear, like, he, he could have played, but he was hurt, obviously, so, okay, you want to save him. But then again, like, he's still your best running back, even if he is at, what, 70%, 60%, 50%, still by far your best offensive option. But then again, you might want to just save his bullets in his leg for next week and maybe just give him some rest and not have him, you know, trot out, oh, what, 10 more carries and a 35-point blowout. Um, but then again... <laughs> You know, that was our generational shot at getting a Heisman. Maybe you do want to get him some touches. So it's, listen, that, that, that's a touchy subject to talk about, right? What do you do for, for Kenneth? Uh, guys hurt. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I, my guess is they were like, all right, we're shutting you down. We're going to need you for next week. Um, yeah, but, boy, that that was, a, that was a terrible showing by the offense. And what really concerns me the most is, an obvious one, is that Jaden Reed was in a boot at the end of the game. Now, I have no idea what that means. I don't know if it was precautionary. Uh, I don't know if it's long-term. We've seen guys wear a boot and then play the next game. Um, I, I'm not going to go full-on doctor here and even fetch a guess. I, I just know that it's uh, it's it ain't good, especially if he's out because you already got Jalen Naylor out. And, yes, Naylor made the trip down to Ohio State. They're going to try to give it a go. But, no, last second they were like, it, it, you know what, this is not even worth the – the shot here with your hand injury to go out there and try to catch some balls uh, in Columbus, Ohio today. But it, it is just, and I'll say it one more time, it is very concerning if Reed cannot play against Penn State. Um, looking at it from two ways. One is that Thorne with his other receivers. Whoa, boy, that, that did not look good at all. And I get it. Hey, that's not a great atmosphere to be in, right? 
4 million people <laughs> seemingly in the horseshoe, hostile atmosphere. Uh, you're getting tuned up right off the bat. Yeah, that sucks. And the, the second, I'm sorry, I'm not done talking about the first one, is that his, his chemistry with receivers not named Jaden Reed uh, was, was just not there at all. And that leads right into the second point is that, yeah, he does have incredible chemistry with Jaden Reed. Whenever, very early on in the game, whenever they needed something, whenever it was third and lawn or they, they needed a pass, I mean, didn't matter if uh, Reed was draped on by a cornerback. The ball was going to him, and, well, he had some nice catches there early on. Um, but that's just been all season two, right? Like, Jaden Reed is always open. Uh, and, yeah, that's that's going to be tough to miss out on. Um, as Penn State comes in next week, sorry for that pause there, ESPN and their autoplay video is just absolutely nucleared uh, my eardrums. Anyway, yeah, so... Let's talk about that Penn State game, actually. Um, that is, wow. I look at that game a lot differently now. I got to say, like, I, I was feeling pretty good about it. And then the Ohio State game happens, and not only do we lose by 4,872 points, but Jaden Reed's gone. Okay, so now you have Thorne, who might be taking the field on Saturday with a receiver core of Trey Mosley. Um, on Tory Foster, Keon Coleman with his first touchdown, that was nice. And yeah, just Tyler Hunt. Listen, like th- those are all fine players, but it's <laughs> very clear that there is uh, not the same chemistry with those guys as there is with Reed Naylor. And maybe it's chemistry, maybe it's talent. Anyway, you slice it. That sucks. That there's a possible chance of playing Penn State. Your top two receivers down with all the other injuries that you got to deal with too. It's Penn State, listen, they're a fine team. They're 7-4, and four, but yeah, right now they're one-point favorites um, as they come into Spartan Stadium on Saturday. 3.30 kick, ABC. And why I'm so downtrodden about that game, too, is because I really feel like this is a game where if you win, you are still in a New Year's Six Bowl game. You are still in a New Year's Six Bowl game. And my buddy that I'm watching the game with... Uh, I, I say that, you know what, hey, you, you beat Penn State, you go to a New Year's Six Bowl game. He's like, no way. That cannot be true. Like, MSU is, like, not that good. Well, guess what? Neither is the most, like, the rest of college football. It, it is not a sterling year for the rest of college football. So, yeah, a 10-2 Michigan State team, despite getting throttled by Ohio State, that's still a 10-2 team. That's still a team with a hopefully Heisman finalist, Kenneth Walker. Like, that, that's going to draw some eyeballs. And look around. Like, ACC, they're probably going to get only one team in. Pac-12, they'll probably only get one team in. Uh, yeah, so that's that's why I'm feeling confident about Michigan State going to a New Year's Six Bowl game if they beat Penn State. So, yeah, uh, we'll look forward to that game. We'll talk about it throughout the week. We'll have our guy Stephen Brooks on sometime this week. Um, and also, yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the sport that didn't make us sad, not just the rest of the week, but also next segment as well as our Michigan State basketball Spartans. Absolutely tuned up, uh, Eastern Michigan. So that was a uh, okay. I guess a decent way to end the, <laughs> end the night. That's uh, that's what we'll put it at. So yep. Um, but first, uh, before we get to that, guys, I need to talk to you fine folks about Built Bar. <laughs> oh boy, I can name a few players that could use some Built Bar on Saturday. All right, guys, if you have not tried Built Bar yet, what on earth are you doing? It is the best tasting protein bar in the land. It tastes so good. It tastes better than a lot of candy bars I've had. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Keep it honest with you. Been trying to keep it honest all episode. No, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna stop for this ad read. Uh, let's say that you think you just have your protein bar brand that you're loyal to. You know the 
The one where you open it up and it, it, it's like a, a granola bomb went off. Now you got to sweep your floor and then like you eat whatever four bites are left. And it's just like the driest, most unenjoyable time uh, that you could possibly imagine before a workout. Built Bar's a complete opposite. Uh, soft, covered in 100% real chocolate. And when you bite into it, you know you're eating something completely different. It is a experience before your workout or your, your day at the office, your day doing yard work. Whatever you want to eat a Built Bar before, go for it, man. Or woman, sorry, my apologies. Uh, guys, we got flavors like coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, cherry, bar, sia. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, that's right, that is LOCKED15, and you are going to score 15% off at built.com. Guys, one more time, we're going to hit you with it. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15, and that's going to save you 50% off at built.com. We are going to turn the mood around and talk about our basketball Spartans, baby. That's right. Uh, apologies last week for never getting to a preview of the Eastern Michigan-Michigan State game, but between Mel Tucker's extension and the Ohio State game that I thought was going to be considerably closer, uh, that kind of took precedent over talking about the, the Eagles flying into Breslin Center to get murdered on Big Ten+. Plus. Um yeah, so, and that's precisely what happened. As Michigan State wins 83-259. That is right. Um, yeah, hey, not, not a bad way to go into Bahamas. You you lose uh, a game against Kansas, and then you bang out three straight wins. Absolutely clowning Western, absolutely clowning Butler. And then uh, drubbing Eastern Michigan. We'll use the word drubbing. I don't think that was a bonafide clowning, but it was certainly a good game. Not a lot of negatives to pick out of here. Um, if you did not watch the game or you just were so far detached from any sort of media after the football game, A, I can't blame you. B, uh, you missed the news that Joey Hauser did miss the game. It was all precautionary. And Tom Izzo actually said in a Sunday press conference that if it was a Big Ten game, that Joey Hauser would have played. So it is a minor calf injury. With that said, uh, Malik Hall was the starter at the four. Yes, he's been coming off the bench so far this year. And he that that looked like the Malik that we want to see. Yes, I know it's Eastern Michigan, but I, he didn't even look like this against Western, against Butler. Like he look looked active. Twenty four minutes, six of eleven shooting, doing it from everywhere. Uh, one of two three point shooting. He was driving, slashing, mid range. It was great. Nine rebounds, and my favorite part. Five personal fouls. That's right, baby. You can't take them home with you. You can't roll them over into the next game. Use your hard five fouls, baby. So, no, that was a great, great sighting from Malik Hall. Now, as we've known through Malik's career, this seems to happen where he looks, like, super into the game, active, not passive, just kind of taking over in places and then fizzles out here and there. Yeah, that happens with many players, but... That can't be a theme this year for Malik. Uh, whether he does continue to start or whether he does be that energy source off the bench, got to have Malik active, and that was an awesome sight to see at Breslin Center on Saturday evening. Also a wonderful sight to see is that, hey, Malik Hall, not Malik Hall, I'm sorry, we just talked about the guy. The other guy that starts with an M, Marcus Bingham Jr. Aren't you looking good to start the year, buddy? Wow, that's what I'm talking about. Um, Goes without saying, hey, for the seemingly third, fourth year in a row, we're all sitting around waiting uh, in the preseason being like, hey, do you know who really needs a big year this year, who really needs to hone into his craft and find who he is on the basketball court? Marcus Bingham. So far, so good. Uh, 
he was able to get 15 shots off too. Made seven of them for a game high 19 points. That is right, baby. I believe that was a career high for him as well. I think his uh, previous career was 14 points. And uh, he was great. And you know what my favorite part is? Of those 15 shots, only one three-pointer. I think that has been a point of emphasis ever since the Kansas game. He has been in the post right where he belongs. And quite frankly, uh, yeah, this competition to do it against. Western, not really a post presence. Butler, not really a post presence. Eastern gave him somewhat of... Um, a, a nice challenge, I guess you would call it, um, with their center whose name I can't pronounce. I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm not even going to try it. The, actually, I will. Why not? You guys love when I butcher names. Uh, Mo Naji Naja. Anyway, the, the six foot ten uh, freshman center for Eastern was at least a physical matchup for him. Um, so excited to to see how uh, Marcus has started his year. With that said, uh, once again, it is a big, big tenure where Purdue, you got the two monsters down there, right? You got Zach Eady and Travion Williams. Okay, those are going to be tall tasks. You haven't seen anyone like them yet. You have uh, Trace Jackson Davis down at Indiana. You have Hunter Dickinson. Yes, so, like, is I'm not going to say, like, oh, it's awesome. Like, we're going to roll the Big Ten now because the, the post-wars are still going to be there this year in the Big Ten. However... Not as much as there were last year. Oh, and I forgot Kofi Coburn. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, hey, as far as the rest of the Big Ten, like these are matchups that you could probably appreciate as, as far as defensive matchups go. Because Marcus Bingham, once again, yep, four blocks, and that just kind of seems ho-hum for him these days, doesn't it? Like He has been awesome, awesome, awesome on D, whether it be uh, guys uh, squaring up to him, posting him up, or, hey, the good old help side defense. Uh, Max Christie, another fine game, 13 points. Uh, he just looks like a guy that's been playing college basketball for three years. I mean, he just looks smooth with it out there. Uh, yeah, and speaking of smooth, too, A.J. Hogard still loving what we're seeing from him. Five assists, uh, just two turnovers, but also two steals. Very active game from A.J. Hogard uh, with his six-point outing. So, yeah, it was a, a nice game. There's nothing I love more in life than watching... Michigan State absolutely throttle a non-conference team on the basketball court. Well, football field too, but basketball court, yeah, it, it, it hits different. Uh, Stress-free, it's good, and it's, it's just what you want before you go to battle for Atlantis, right? Um, and MSU is going to have, <laughs> as we know, a nice little schedule for them right off the bat as they got Loyola. Woohoo! yeah, great, awesome. The team that absolutely snake-bit Illinois last year in the tournament, coached by Drew Valentine, as you all know. And then no matter what happens after that game, you're getting a great, great second-round draw, either against Auburn or UConn, which Huskies, nice little start to their season. My goodness gracious. And then the rest of the field, the bottom of the bracket, uh, so they got they got some ballers down there too. They got Syracuse versus VCU in the first round, and then Baylor versus Enoch Boache and the Arizona State Sun Devils. So we're going to go more into detail about Battle for Atlantis later on in the week. I'm going to work on a guest or two to talk more about that, what to expect from not just Loyola, but the other uh, six teams that Michigan State can potentially see. So, yeah, um, not all bad over the weekend, I guess. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, ne next next step is just survive this week of football practice with no injuries. Just sign the deal, Mel Tucker, please. Like, make it official. Like, I don't want to be hanging around here just, oh, okay, oh, is, is Florida going to offer him uh, a quarter billion dollars for three years or some ridiculous uh, salary? Like, no, just please just sign it. I, 
anyway, uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. I I know, you know, losses aren't the most fun podcast to listen to, but I think it's cathartic for us all. And if you disagree or agree with anything I'm saying, or if I completely missed anything and you want to yell at me for missing it, please do. Uh, The inbox is always open. Locked on Spartans at gmail.com. You guys are the best. We will be back this week, uh, like I said, with Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. We will have a battle for Atlantis preview later on this week as well. And, yeah, we will be uh, breaking down that Penn State game. That could mean whether MSU ends their season at the Peach slash Fiesta Bowl or they end it at the Outback slash Citrus Bowl, which, honestly, you know what? We'll end on a high note here. We'll get you out the door with a smile. That's still an incredible year. Like, let's say they go out and lose to Penn State. Okay, you're nine and three, and you go to the Outback Bowl. That that is not what this year was supposed to be. That was not what this year was supposed to be. So yes, Saturday sucked, but in the grand scheme of things, can you look at a nine and three season and be like, oh, you know what? Not that bad. Yeah, you actually can. But hey, you know what? There's still one game. Let's get to ten and two, baby. All right, guys. Uh, once again, thanks for making Locked on Spartans your first listen every single day. And if you're looking for a second listen, check out Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. That's Locked on Bets, hosted by Your Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. All right, guys. Love you all. Go Green.